to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me explode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Andrea K Show. T-minus three days and counting down to the inauguration of the 45th president of the United States of America. And it is not Hillary Clinton. It is not who knows whoever else somebody thought they were going to try to get in there with all these protests and undermining and the death threats against the electors. I don't even know what these people were trying to do. They will not stop Donald J. Trump from becoming the 45th president of the United States. All of these attempts to do so are just ale- or alleged attempts. Now calling him, the, we've heard things like from John Lewis, the alleged president of the United States. He's illegitimate or the alleged election. It's gotten me thinking about, you know, the, the party that is allegedly liberal. You know, they, the, the Democrats are allegedly liberal. They're allegedly progressive, allegedly pro-American and allegedly peaceful. Remind, remember Hillary Clinton in the second debate. She said, oh, that's just horrifying. She was just disgusted that Donald Trump would not automatically agree to the election results in advance of saying whether or not there's fraud or anything. She said, we are known as this country. And she was right about this. What sets us apart from all the other third world countries and dictatorships and evil despots around the world is our peaceful transfer of power. She was right about that. But the problem that we have with the allegedly tolerant left who's allegedly about peace is that their definition of peace you can see they're definitely remember when Kerry said that the Israelis would might have peace if they would subjugate themselves and submit themselves to the will of the terrorist. See, that's the liberals idea of peace. And that's what's going on here in this country. Their idea of a peaceful transition is if their guy wins and their guy gets to take power or if they're uh, if the other guy wins, that person better submit and subjugate themselves in terms of policy to what the left wants. Or there is repercussions and there's hell to pay right now. There's video going around from Project Veritas. And Hillary Clinton was also right to say that it's very dangerous and it is a threat to our democracy. We're not a democracy. That's part of the alleged pro-American crap because we are a republic. This country was founded on a republic. And I don't care whether or not the alleged congressperson, John Lewis, likes the Electoral College and and the Constitution or not. This was not an alleged election. This was a free and fair election under the United States Constitution. We are a constitutional republic like it or not, but they don't like it. So what are they attempting to do? According to Project Veritas and all 30 something Congress people that are protesting the inauguration and refusing to show up are feeding, not just we had death threats to the electors. We had celebrities making uh, videos, urging the electors, basically putting pressure on them. You know, this is the party that's allegedly about not bullying, right? They're the allegedly anti-bullying party. But, you know, obviously there's bullying from the celebrities at Meryl Streep, from Hamilton, all them Hollywood types. It's all about bullying. It's all about you will submit to what we want or we will make your life miserable. So miserable, in fact, that there is a um, video going around from Project Veritas to where they got undercover a D.C. 
quote, this is hilarious, to anti-fascist coalition plotting to disrupt the deplorable, how clever, right, with a, a chemical terrorist attack, something called butyric acid that they're planning. I got an email yesterday warning people that if you're going to be attending any of the inauguration events to be prepared to use your self Second Amendment rights because there's so many threats. And how sad it is in this country that when I got that email about threats to our nation, threats to attendees at an inauguration, that my first thought was not to think about Islamic Jihad terrorist threats. I immediately thought of threats that are being encouraged by the Democrat Party, and they are absolutely encouraging. If the left can blame Sarah Palin for, uh, for Gabby Giffords getting shot because Sarah Palin had a bullseye on some district maps— then you're dang right that the left, whether it's Obama, you look at everything that he's done since he lost the election. Obama, Hillary, Hollywood, like I already talked about, representatives like John Lewis, all doing everything that they can to undermine you actually saying alleged election, calling him illegitimate. John Lewis, you are illegitimate. In fact, the minute in 2012 in which he lied and said that he had been spit on and called racial slurs, which wasn't true, he lost all credibility. He He's not legitimate, in my opinion. And in fact, I think that the 30-something Congress people that are refusing to go, guaranteed, even if they're from the most liberal districts, they had constituents that voted for Donald Donald J. Trump. But even if they didn't, those people are being paid by the American taxpayers, and I want their paychecks docked if they don't show up. They need to start suffering some repercussions. The left needs to, because it's all of, that's how you deal with bullies. You punch them right back. It's shameful. We're not hearing. Donald Trump was supposed to call out and denounce all the phony hate crimes that happened after the election. Is Donald Trump going to call that? Where is Obama among all these threats? Threats to performers, threats to electors, threats now of terrorist attacks. Not a word from Obama, the alleged 44th president of the United States of America. Stay tuned. We come back. We're going to talk to Congressman Issa who's got some big plans for himself as part of Congress in the first 100 days. So you don't want to miss it. We got more of the Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break. And you keep losing when you ought to not bet. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You know what I'm playing that song? I bet my guest knows why I'm playing that song, or maybe he doesn't. Because back with me after like two, a two months hiatus, I think it is, is none other than the Spicoli of Texas. My man, Al Arias. Bully, bully. <laughs> when I when you first heard the song, did you know why I played it? Did you know that was from Fast Times in Richmond High? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> well, Al, that, 
that was from Fast Times, where going back to when we used to do Close Up on San Diego Business, the listeners would refer to you as the Spicoli of taxes. So I told DJ Carrot Sticks to tee that up. I figured you would get it, but that's okay, because you're cool anyway. <laughs> Welcome back, my friend. It's been too long since you were on the show. Yeah, I got to get my Andrea fix. That's right, baby. Um. So I, I don't even know where to begin. So much has happened. W- you know, uh, what do you think about all the crazy that's going on? Before we get into like the first hundred days and what Trump's got to do with, you know, economics and taxes and regulations and all the business stuff that's, you know, you're an ex- expert in. I mean, what about all the crazy going on surrounding this inauguration? Death threats to electors. We got this John Lewis dude coming out saying he's he's not el- he's illegitimate. Congress people refusing to show up. Meryl Streep acting a fool at the at the Golden Globes. What do you think about all that? Well, those are a lot of people that have heartfelt conclusions mm-hmm. on how things should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would like Trump to stay away from controversy. Right now, his acceptance rate is about 40 percent. Mm-hmm. Compare that to 80% for Obama and, you know, others. Wait, Obama ain't never been to know 80%. Now, keep it real. When Don't get it twisted. When he came in in 2000, was it eight? 2008? Yeah, it's it he's was percent I don't believe that because I know too many Republicans that couldn't stand him what? and knew what he was you really about before he ever got you, elected. You know where I heard this? Where? On Fox. Well, that you know what? That doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And in fact, this morning, I don't know if you know... I don't know if you know, but WAPO came out. It's on the cover of, of Drudge. The, some WAPO poll. They are fudging the poll numbers to jack up Obama's approval rating. Oh. So you can't believe those polls, baby. They're just absolutely crazy. Um, but, you know, he is going to get down to business. This is a man, Al. You're a businessman. Trump's a businessman. He was elected in part because he's a businessman. He was he was laying it down and getting business done and keeping jobs here and bringing jobs back right after he was elected. I mean, from carrier to Ford to everything. So, well, you know, all of that is good stuff. But I think taking on the intelligence community, uh, making them the enemy uh, like that, uh, I don't see how that's going to help him. I really well, don't. I'll tell you why I think it is, because, I, you know, I'm, I'm working on a blog post called Don't Insult My Intelligence, Intelligence Community, because let me tell you, this is the same intelligence community that conspired to write the talking points to lie to America that Benghazi was about a video when they knew from the beginning oh, it was about I, I a think, terrorist I think attack. I think the intelligence community is political. They've been politicized. And so, you know what? I think Trump had every right to punch back and say that, you know, where's the evidence? This is the same intelligence community that refused to go to Congress, even behind closed door sessions and provide any proof that Russia did anything. Yeah, but why not let it go? Why not let it go? Because he was, why should he, the question is, why should he let it go? This is an, he made his point and it's understood. He doesn't have to prolong it. And ru- ruin his acceptance rate. Well, I don't think he is ruining his, his acceptance rate or his approval rate. And in fact, I think that he's reinforcing why he was elected, because people do see the politicization of everything, every department, every agency under the Obama administration, and they're tired of it. They're sick of it. And they... they and, and the basket of deplorables are particularly sick of of the undermining of no, someone no, I'm, who, I'm who hearing, was elected. I'm in a hearing frame. all of that. But look, yeah. there's pushback. Even on foreign policy, we've got the Germans pushing, but you've got everybody pushing back. They've had some time to figure out how they're going to accept uh, 
Trump and his ideas, mm-hmm. and they're pushing back. What, do we push? So you, do you we just, really care what Angela Merkel thinks oh, about I us? I think I think we do. I don't really care what Angela Merkel. But let's get into a little business, okay? Because you and I are not going to agree on foreign policy. But at one thing that we <laughs> do agree on, baby, is economic policy. I think you and I both understand. Since you know, you deal, you serve big businesses and small businesses and entrepreneurs, and I've got a business background, and I think that we both love entrepreneurs and I think we understand the basics of business. You know, that people take a risk, they invest their own money and the more difficult that the government makes it to hire people, to grow your business, to make your own decisions for yourself, it makes it hard to keep that business going, keep it profitable. We understand that profits are a good thing. Um, There has been 30 something hundred regulations at Obama. That's just federal regulations, not even the state ones uh, that have been implemented that just have made it so hard for any to start and grow a business. And I'm hoping, you know, you heard my interview with Congressman Issa. He's got a bill, the midnight rule effect, because so much of what Obama tried to shove through in the last 60 days were, you know, environmental and other regulations on business. And I'm excited because I, you talked about approval ratings. You, you want to know a number one approval rating of Trump. You look at that stock market, baby, and what the market did from the election till now, it's optimism, economic optimism. We've got people like Ford and other countries that are bringing promising to bring jobs back here because they're optimistic in part because of easing up on the regulations. Are you, is there, when you're talking to about the promise of easing up on regulations, Yes. about the promise of reducing the corporate tax rate, Yes. about the promise of reducing individual tax rates, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. it's all promises. Now we have to do it. And are you, is there any part of you that feels as though you don't trust that he's going to? Because so far he's done everything he said he's going to do. Oh, I think he's going to push for his ideas. Mm-hmm. And he pushes very, very hard. And yeah. he's, he's effective in the carrier thing. All the stuff that you've been describing mm-hmm. shows how effective he is just with the bully pub, puppet. Yeah. Puppet. Yeah. So, um, no, I think he's going to push. He's going to push very hard. But... There's going to be pushback. And so whenever you have this, it's the way the political process works. There's going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. Mm -hmm. And uh, overall, we should be much better off with lower taxes, less regulation, much better off, especially the entrepreneurs. Well, yeah, because, you know, where has been... Any, there's never been one government. The government doesn't make any money. There is no such thing as government money. So every dollar that the government spends is money they've taken from somebody else. There's not one efficient government-run agency in America. So why would anybody buy into the notion that if the government takes a dollar from you, sends it back to D.C., by the time it lines this person's pocket or whatever, 50 cents gets back into America through some government program that doesn't work? I mean, you look at the green energy boondoggles that Obama got invested in. But what are your clients, I'm curious <clears throat> as to what your clients are telling you. What are they most excited about? Are there like two pati- or top th- three regulations that are the most damaging to them that they hope is eased up? Is it um, in the tax area? Where is the optimism or the promises that your clients are looking for? Well, let me give you an everyday example. I have an LLC, taxable as a partnership. Mm-hmm that's trying to open a bank account. Okay. They've been unsuccessful. 
because uh, the bank account process apparently requires banks to to probe like they were the Secret Service. <laughs> so, I mean, can we it, say probe on my radio show? <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> you bring out the bad in me. Anyway. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yes. you want to open a bank account. Yes. Uh, I create a lot of uh, small business entities. Yes. Okay. And uh, I create small business entities in asset protection states. Mm -hmm. Nevada is the closest one. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. There's many uh, asset protection states, about 15. Okay. And uh, what I like to do is to pick the asset protection states that have very efficient bureaucracies by comparison. Mm -hmm. Bureaucracies are not efficient, but by comparison. Right. So um, in order to get Nexus, to get connected to the state, yeah, the asset protection state, yeah. you have to get bank accounts. Yeah. Well, yeah. good luck. We're in California. We create a Delaware entity. Yeah. And we want to create a bank account in Delaware. Okay. So you go to you go to big banks like Chase Bank or, mm -hmm. you know, big yeah. banks. And uh, this has worked for me for an, at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. Well, right now, good luck. Is this it's, because of Dodd-Frank? Well, it's because of regulation. I don't know if it's Dodd-Frank. Right. Uh, getting down to the specific, first of all, the regulations are very dynamic. Mm -hmm. They change from week to week. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. No, I know. I talked to a manufacturer who um, you would, you who had been on close up um, or actually biz talk radio back in our biz talk gentleman name was Steve. And, you know, he was the guy who created that. I'm not going to, talk about well if you've ever been in a target or a walmart you've seen his product i'll just leave it there because <laughs> you know i'm not going to out him here but he told me that you know every day that he he since sold the company but he told me that every day he would go and president ceo of a manufacturer based out of san diego with a national product said he had to pick and choose which regulations that day he was going to adhere to because he could not afford to adhere to all of them there were too many they were shifting sands and he couldn't even keep up with them so oh, you Obamacare. know is the worst. Yeah. There's too many agencies involved. Mm -hmm. They all have different rules and it yeah. becomes impossible if you if you comply with this agency's rules, you may not be complying with the other two agencies' rules, etc., yeah. etc. It's just it's awful. It is. And and it's never been about health care. It's never been about access to health care because you can have a little card that says you got, you know, covered California, whatever doesn't mean a doctor is going to necessarily see you. And but and then if you've got a twenty thousand dollar deductible, what how does that help you? I mean, basically, you're you know, you're paying out of pocket and you, you know, on monthly premiums and you still got too high deductible. I mean, it's been a sham because what it was really all about every regulation and what all liberal policy is about is it's about control. They want to have complete control. And then and when, when the policy doesn't work, they say, well, we just didn't go far enough. We didn't take enough of your money. You know, we've got, you know. No, no, the, I think that the the focus of big government is on big business. Mm -hmm. Small business takes it in the shorts. Mm -hmm. There's no focus on small business. Give me a break. Yeah. Most of the businesses in the United States and most of the volume of business is done through small businesses. 
Now we're going to have some focus, mm-hmm. but we're going to have some focus. Right. You can't help when, when you're in the federal government, if you don't focus on big business, you're not in the right place. Right. But there will also be focus mm-hmm. on small business and the idea of deregulation. We're not going to eliminate all regulation. No. And some regulation is required. Huh. It's required. If you don't regulate banks uh, and other financial institutions, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So, you know. But the problem with government is, is that it's like the green eyed monster from that movie. I mean, it just, it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And, you know, Which movie? It, it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're power mad. And I think so much of what this election was about before we got to wrap it up is it's about it became obvious. I kind of backed off a little bit with Congressman Issa. I referenced 2014. Um, he's one of my favorite Congress people. I don't blame him necessarily. But the American people gave the majority of the Republican Party after 2014 because of Obamacare. Once it kicked in, they felt the pain of it. And because of the out of control, you know, illegal immigration that was hurting, you know, jobs in this country. And the and then the Republican Party didn't address it. They didn't deal with it. And, you know, Listen, now it's we, a, and now and that's why to this uh, repeal and replace. Yeah. Of Obamacare. Uh, the Republicans will end up owning it. Owning and you know it, what? Owning it is very, very mm-hmm. dangerous because there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. You have to look at the overall. Yeah. So uh, I'm very, very anxious to see what the proposed solution is going to be. And you know what? I'm, they are going to end up owning it because I think the Democrats, I don't think anybody's going to come across the aisle. I think the Republicans should own it. When you've got power, be prepared to own it. That's my point. One of the reasons why Trump beat out 17 or 16 other fellow G- Republicans is because nothing has been done because they're scared to own it. They're scared to be bold. They're scared to do what they need to do. And they're more interested, not Congressman Issa, but too many of them out there uh, are too scared to do what they need to do for the American people. And I say, Republicans, you've got at least 100 days where you've got a mandate. You've got goodwill from all of America because Trump represents more than just Republicans. Do what you were elected to do. Support Donald Trump and and what his agenda is. And I think in terms of expectations, I'm glad you brought this up because I want to end it on this. I, when he was first elected, I did a, a monologue, a little sermon on expectations because I do think it's important to not expect every regulation to be pulled back. To not expect that every promise that he's made be fulfilled or that it be fulfilled exactly how he said it was going to be on the campaign trail. So have realistic expectations from an economy standpoint of what he's going to be able to do. Recognize that we do have um, you know, co-equal branches. He's not going to be able to do everything and address every little issue. Um, and so I think we need to have realistic expectations, but I think we have every reason to expect that our economy will be booming again, because I do think that we have every reason to expect that he will pull back regulations and One lower thing taxes. One is, is, is absolutely clear. He is a leader. Yes, he is. And that's why I'm glad that he punched back John Lewis and the intelligence community. You know why? Because there should be no individual. There should be no protected class, whether it's a minority class or a department in the government or anybody who's too precious to receive any criticism. As When we buy into that notion, then we're buying into not a government of the people and for the people, but we're buying into an elitist ruling class. And so I don't care whether you're in the intelligence community if you should, or, or any other community— 
you ought to be willing, particularly since you're being paid by the taxpayers, because there is no such thing as government money, you ought to be willing to take some heat and some criticism. And if you if you got the goods, then you can back it up. You ain't got to worry about being criticized. Right. You get criticized. You get, you get crit- critiqued by your clients. They say, Al, you How say about my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I met your wife. She's beautiful. OK, you take it, baby. You take it from her. But you got to take it from your clients. Right. You got to take the critique. Of and course. that's why you earn their business by saving them all the money that you do on taxes and have strategies and you work hard. You don't just, you know, count on it. The clients being there. And that's kind of what's happening with our government. Right. Yes. All right. Well, don't stay yeah. away so long. It's like been, been like six months practically since you've been in here. All right. We're going to take a break. Our final break. And we come back, we're going to do a little award ceremony of our own. It's last week's Fool, this week's Tool, and Hero of the Week Awards. Don't go anywhere. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. On the phone with me now is not an alleged congressman, not an illegitimate congressman, but an actual congressman of the United States. Of course, I'm being facetious because those of you who heard my open heard me mock uh, John Lewis for and others for the, you know, referring to Trump as an alleged president or illegitimate president. I'm so honored um, to have Congressman Issa, who won re-election here in San Diego, which I am so happy about, who's on the phone with me now. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show, Congressman. Well, it's good to be back. It's it's good to be a congressman. Uh, it's sad that uh, about every other, every other eight years we run into this. When I arrived in Congress, uh, it was George W. Bush that many of the same members of Congress that are still there were calling an appointed president and sort of making him illegitimate. And it's a shame because I don't care how you get to the presidency, whether it's through uh, uh, the way Gerald Ford got there or any other way. Ultimately, the day you're sworn in as president, you have a great responsibility and we have to make you a success. And mm-hmm. I hope that many of the members that are not participating now will, will think about that again. Uh, you know, I, I believe that they will, but uh, it, it still remains to be seen. Well, yeah, it does. And I don't I don't think that that's my personal opinion is they're not going to stop. Now, I mean, this is this started immediately after the election. You know, first they blamed Comey, then they blamed the Russians, then they blamed, you know, who, you know, um, anybody and everybody. And, you know, it's been it's been one prolonged attempt to undermine Donald Trump and um, to to cast doubt over his over his presidency to affect his uh, um, abilities to govern when he gets into office. And I don't think it's going to stop. And it makes me wonder, and people are wondering, how are you guys going to work with the Dems? Or are you just going to do kind of like what, what the Dems did when Obama and the Democrats had power and just get your policies through? Can you guys work together? What are you going to do? 
Well, I think we're going to do some things alone. There's no question at all. The, uh, the uh, repeal of Obamacare may very well be virtually all one party. But as we start to rebuild a, a confidence in our health care system, uh, I, I have some optimism that a number of Democrats will cross the lines, will help us where we agree and where we can do things together, just as other issues. But uh, you know, this is one of those strange situations where you have to do what you can do with whoever you can do it with. Um, I have said for a long time that uh, uh, issue after issue where we only get a dozen Democrats, rather than curse those who won't cross the line, I thank the dozen who do cross the line uh, to give us major legislation. Uh, even for us as Californians, the fact that Senator Feinstein went to bat against Senator Boxer at the end mm-hmm. to help us get water into our agricultural inland. Um, you know, I could complain about, well, why didn't she do more sooner? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, she did something that I think we all know was pretty courageous within her own party. Mm-hmm. And uh, farmers today are, are producing crops they otherwise wouldn't be producing. Right. And feeding their kids when they might not have been able to do so. And, you know, people keeping their jobs. Um, You know, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely want to applaud the Democrats that want to work with us. But to me, I'm reading it as though they're all saying, you know, just as the Democrats have to own Obamacare because not they didn't get one Republican vote for it, which is good, because that way the Democrats, it got hung around their neck as well as it should be. There's a lot of people concerned that if the Democrats do the same thing here on policy, that Republicans are going to have to own it. And because they were going to have to own it, that some of the Republicans are going to start to get squishy and get scared to take bold steps. And I believe there is a mandate right now on a lot of different policy positions, not just Obamacare. And I think the first 100 days are critical. I think that there is, in spite of the phony, fudgy poll numbers that the left is continuing to say that Donald Trump doesn't have the approval rating and doesn't doesn't have a mandate, I believe he does. Do you believe that the Republicans will be bold enough, with or without the Democrats, to fulfill the really bold campaign promises that Donald Trump made? I think they will, and I think they will in the words of uh, of Lee Iacocca when he was uh, Chrysler's president uh, and CEO, and he said, lead, follower, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Obama administration is leaving office telling us about their great accomplishments and how they've done it over uh, without any help from, from Republicans and ignoring hundreds of pieces of legislation that were done on a bipartisan basis. The new administration is already trying to find places in which we can agree, in which we can get co-sponsorship. And there in San Diego, uh, we have four out of the five uh, members of Congress. We had five out of five in the last Congress supporting uh, immigration reform in the form of our high-skilled, what's called H-1B visa reform, reforms to get rid of the clauses that have allowed abuses of that process. President-elect Trump has already said he wants to move that in the first 100 days. It's a, it's an important reform that he thinks we can do. So, Excuse they, me for they, interrupting. If you're just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea K. Show. I'm talking to Congressman Darrell Issa. Are you referring to your Protect and Grow American Jobs Act? Because that's one of your initiatives I, going forward. I am. Okay. I am. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, and, I, and I don't want to appear to your audience like I've become a squish, but Scott Peters uh, signed on to that last Congress and signed on to it again this Congress as the key co-sponsor because it's good for the job advancement in San Diego. So, um 
when we look at Donald Trump coming in, uh, we're going to have to all work together. Republicans will have to be part of, uh, like myself, that have been there a while. We're going to have to reach across the aisle and reward the brave Democrats who tell Nancy Pelosi they're going to vote their district's benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and particularly when we get into uh, health care reform, where we're trying to provide affordable access, not just paid by the government access, uh, you know, we're not going to necessarily have them on the repeal, to say the least. But when we're, when we're trying to provide access at an affordable rate, my, my view is we will peel off a number of people and they won't be definable just by how Trump did in their district. Yeah. It's Obamacare. You know, there's so many differing opinions right now in terms of do you repeal and replace at the same time? Do you chip away at it? Do you just I had uh, the. Uh, executive director of the American Society for Physicians and Surgeons on my show last week. She thinks that uh, it should basically be just unfunded and the IRS should not be uh, enforcing the mandate and just let it fall under its weight and then have the Republicans step in and basically just kind of get the government out of the way. Um, Where are you leaning at this point on that? The approach to Obamacare. And I think the repealing Obamacare is, is, is very, very interesting. I think we have to make the vote early and decisively that we're repealing it by date certain. Uh, and the only way that date changes is if it's mutually agreeable that it, for some reason, needs to be moved a little. That starts the ball. Unfortunately, some people are saying you've got to do this or this, and they keep forgetting almost the, the Hippocratic oath. We need to do no harm. Right. We have people right now, 20 million people on, on the Affordable Care Act, uh, these exchanges. About 11 million of them have the money to buy insurance. They're using their own money to buy it. They're not being subsidized. But we need to make sure there's a viable place that will take them without pre-existing condition waivers, let them into a system, a normal paid system in the true private sector. We need to make sure that's in place before the exchanges shut down. For the other nine or 10 million that are effectively on Medicaid, we need to have a a real discussion about when and how and if we subsidize because this massive expansion of Medicaid was paid for with a massive tax increase that every American's paying that we really need to question when we vote to get rid of the tax, how do we deal with that transition? Right. One of the things that President Trump has made clear is he wants a transition that does not abruptly cause anyone to lose their coverage, and he doesn't want what we had under Obamacare, which is that promise that you could keep your physician, and the next thing you knew, you could keep your physician only if he was the right physician and you were lucky. We can't have that <laughs> yeah. again. Or, or if you had the money to go to, to uh, your doctor who had a concierge years practice and you were paying out of pocket. I did want to say before we moved on, I like what you're doing with that immigration reform, those H-1B visas, because to refresh everybody's memory, that's what went on down in Florida, where these Disney World employees were forced to train their replacements who were brought in from around the world and being paid less. So I'm really really digging that. Um, In our final time, I wanted to talk about another two other pieces that you're introducing, the Midnight Rules Relief Act. Man, I love this because President Obama, he has just been wearing and that pen out with regulations that are stifling the economy and entrepreneurship and really the engine for growth in this country. Talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, the good news is it's already passed the House and we're, they're working out in the Senate. And what it does is it simply puts teeth into a law that's been around for more than two decades that allows Congress to vote the House, the Senate, 
and then the president to to take back regulations that were created in the last 60 business days or legislative days uh, of before the president's departure. And that's a lot of time. That, but the mm-hmm. worst, the most egregious ones really occurred in the last, well, exactly from November 8th on. In other words, the rules that suddenly popped up only after the president's last election. And those are the ones we're not going to get rid of them all. We're not even going to get rid of half of them. But we're going to take the most egregious and put them up for a vote and candidly make Democrats and Republicans look at these and say, you know what, this isn't something you should do after your last election when no one's looking and bureaucrats have, have been planning this for a long time. We think we can do some good ones. The bill allows for it. And, uh, you know, I will mention to your audience there has been only one of these rules ever overturned. It was a Clinton rule, and it was overturned in about 2003, uh, I guess, the 2001. And I happened to be there, and we voted for it. And it got bipartisan support at that point. It's not easy to overturn a rule, but this president has made some rules that the American people do not support, not just the ones who voted for Trump, but a great many people who voted for Hillary Clinton do not like these rules. And I I look forward to getting rid of it, uh, some of them. I will say that President uh, Obama, in his last days, at least one rule he made uh, that limited uh, the buying of American visas uh, under what's called EB-5, I'm pushing to make sure my colleagues understand that's a good rule. It actually does something that should have been done over the last 25 years. So we're going to go through every one of these rules, pick and choose the ones that really didn't do the right thing, and take them off the books. Well, I'm hoping that uh, one of the things that Donald Trump is going to do day one is is get rid of all the executive orders and, and President Obama legislating from the Oval Office. Do you expect that to happen? I expect, and I have to know some of the people that are working on it diligently, they're going through each of these executive orders, uh, including the one that said to Cuban refugees that a policy that we'd had for decades was suddenly going to be swept away by executive action. So there's a, there's quite a few of these uh, that are, we're going to see. Uh, not everyone. The fact is, executive orders tell the government how to to do things pursuant to the law. But when they try to make law with mm-hmm. the stroke of a pen, um, we need to unmake them. And uh, President-elect Trump is, is prepared. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, it's not a complete secret. But the, the president has limited his, his, if you will, his march up Pennsylvania Avenue to 90 minutes. And he's done so because he wanted to have enough time to accomplish this in that first day, and he knows he has obligations that evening for the various celebration balls, Mm -hmm. and um, so when he planned out his day, he went to that level of detail of how long is it going to take to sign these? I need that much time, and he's doing it. Wow. I can't wait for that because um, so many of these executive orders, you know, are are really so anti-American and and what they were about in concept and the fact that it was just trampling our Constitution, but also with things like the Dreamers Act. And, you know, um, that, you know, and but if you say you oppose it, you know, then they throw the race card and other cards at you. And um, in 2014, I got to tell you, I think that the American people sent a signal to Congress that I think it was 2014, they gave a majority because it was about Obamacare and it was also about immigration. I think those were the two biggest hot buttons um, that the American people, you know, were upset about. And I think that those are really the two ones that Americans are looking at most in the first hundred days. And that includes the stopping the refugees from coming here. What's going on with that plan? 
Well, that's where the Secretary of State designate, uh, Rex Tillerson, his people are working on the translation team to come up with viable alternatives, and by the way, some of them will take American taxpayer dollars, to create real alternatives for these refugees to stay in their region, to stay engaged, which costs, by the way, you can do hundreds or even thousands of refugees for the cost of resettling a few families here. And so it's it's both cost-effective and it's the right thing to do for people where we want them to be engaged in building back their country, particularly Syria, mm-hmm. which... One of the major areas that President Obama was wrong on, and and it's cost us, was his handling of Syria. Syria and Libya, both are examples of leading from behind, which we all know by definition is not leading. Right. Well, yeah. And by not leading, he's made the world um, a far less safe place and uh, not just abroad in in the rise of radical Islam in places like Libya and Egypt and and all around there, but also here at home. And, um, you know, it's it's shocking to hear him say and is, oh, you know, there hasn't been any, you know, terrorist attacks here or, or, you know, it's just, it's, it's insane. The American people are smarter than that. And I think the American people are watching. I like what your plans are for the first 100 days. I love what Trump's plans are, and I'm excited um, for it. And so thank you for coming and sharing some of your legislation and, and what you're doing. Stay safe, because, you know, there's, I'm, how concerned are you about the threats? Uh, like the gas threats at, this, at the deplorables and the butyric acid and all that uh, at the inauguration? It's a great concern because uh, random acts of violence by people who will embed themselves in protesters who may be believing that they're they're being supported by their First Amendment rights, but a radical can easily get into these and uh, and, and turn it into a nightmare. So is the Secret Service and the Capitol Police and to be honest, the D.C. police all working in unison to try to make it as safe as possible, yes. Uh, but there's going to be there's going to be some violence. There's going to be some uh, arrest uh, because there are some actors who will come in, and that's their goal. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, I, I pray that everyone that comes to enjoy a celebration of a safe transfer of uh, democracy, of power, get to see that and nothing more. Well. I'm I'm excited about it, and I'm gonna I'm but I'm gonna be watching from the safety of my sofa here in San Diego. So you stay safe, Congressman. Thank you again so much for being here. I appreciate it. I sure will. Have me back soon. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Well, stay tuned because I know that my next guest is going to be digging some of what Congressman Issa had to say about overturning rules, particularly those pesky regulations that are affecting business. So we got more of the Andrew K Show coming right back up. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Get a classic. Little Helen ready there. (laughs) 
I wish we had the Facebook Live going because then you guys would see me and DJ Carrot Sticks giving like the power salute. Power to the women, right? I'm so glad you teed that up for this segment because on the closing segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the inauguration. There's going to be a women's empowerment march going on. And you know what? Great. I mean, that song from Helen Reddy was one Mama used to play when I was growing up uh, as a kid in the 70s. That was women's movement. Mama got that Ms. Magazine. You know, she thought she was a feminist, you know. Um, Here's what today's feminists are doing this weekend in the inauguration. Some of them have donned pink hats, little crocheted hats for the Women's March. But since in protest of Donald Trump, um, I'm not sure if the women doing that are the same ones that are participating in this combination feminist hat slash LBGTQIA. I don't even know what half of those letters mean. Slash Islam. (laughs) I can't even hardly say it without laughing. Feminist. And the LBGT community are going to march tandem with Islam? And are they also going to be wearing the pink hats? Because if so, then I'm thinking maybe they might need to have some blood dripping off of them. Because you know what's involved in Sharia and the, and the CARE, Council for Islamic Relations and, and the other front groups for Hamas? They're all about female genital mutilation of 12-year-olds. So if you're going to show up at this Women's March for Women's Empowerment, you know, look around at who you're with because that might say who you are. Is that really what you're about? Should Are you really have, supporting that? They should at least have pink burkas, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Be, yeah, it, right. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, speaking of Canada. Um, although, did you speak of Canada? I don't know what made me think of that. Um, oh, I know what it was. There was a video going around from Gateway Pundit of um, Canada and from Canada with burkas. And there's these men up there who are saying that arguing that nine year olds are are adults. And so, you know, that's they should be you're okay to have sex with. And and there were some burkas in the video. That's what made me think of Canada. So, you know, really, women see the left. This makes me crazy. I started out the show by talking about, you know, the alleged John Lewis and, you know, others calling Trump the alleged president or that we had an alleged election that he's illegitimate. Um, They are the alleged party that cares about women. They are the alleged party that cares about civil rights for the LBGT community. They are the alleged party that cares about peace and tolerance because there is nothing tolerant about the Council for American Islamic Relations, the front group for Hamas. There is no tolerance, peace, love of women or LBGT community in the Muslim Brotherhood, which is also has ties to care. It's insane to me. They are they are the runner up, though, for last week's fool, this week's tool award. Maybe they're in tied uh, with John Lewis, who is a serial protester of, quote, alleged elections, because this isn't the first time he sat out an election. He didn't he didn't go to, to Bush's either. Um, but you know what? He's the one who's illegitimate to me because in 2012, when he claimed that he had been spit on and called the N-word by Tea Party protesters, he twana brawlied himself because you watch the videos and it didn't happen. OK, so just like Sharpton with the twana brawly thing, you know, this was that was a hoax and it was a lie. So, John Lewis, you don't need to show up at the election, uh, the inauguration Friday. Nobody wants to see you anyway. Skedaddle. You're ineligible for office. You're ineligible to take any taxpayers' money or to be congressman, in my opinion. My hero of the week is none other than Billy C. Hawkins, the president of Talladega College, because he and his performers of their band, which is amazing, Google them, received death threats because they accepted 
an invitation to their marching band. I could cry over this because you know what? I come out of New Orleans and Mardi Gras. We love our marching bands down in the South. These kids put so much time and effort into their music and into their bands and into their formations. What an honor for them to have been invited to go to the presidential inauguration and march in the parade. And these kids have received death threats. Don't tell me you're the party of tolerance and the party for minorities. This was an honor to these kids. And you know what? Hat tip to Hawkins and his marching band team because they are going anyway. Love you. Love Talladega. Love your marching band. All of you. Love you, Al. Glad you're here. My Spicolia, Texas. He's wearing shades in the studio right now. You know, even uh, that Bocelli, Bocelli, how do you say his name? Andrew, Andre Bocelli. Yeah, even he got death threats. Yeah, he did. And you know what? He backed down from them. And you know who didn't? Toby Keith. He says he's going. He says it's it's he's not going to have anybody tell him that he should not play for the military or the United States of America. And that's what this is. Carrot sticks and owl. I mean, this is this is the United States of America. And I watched it with tears in my eyes every every four years growing up, regardless of who put their hand on that Bible. And because this is the greatest country ever in the history. And there has been a lot of efforts to undermine it. There's just like there's efforts to undermine the Trump administration. And he pushed back against the bullies. Hat tip to everybody who's going back there amid all the threats of violence and everything that's going to happen. I think it's amazing. And I think it's going to hat tip to him. Congressman Issa saying he's only going to do 90 minutes at the parade. Then he's going to get to work. See, that's a businessman, right, Al? That's a businessman. Instead of like him messing around all day long at parades and parties, he's getting down to business, right? It's the real thing. Yeah. It is the real thing. And, um, you know, who's also the real thing is Ivanka. I predict when it comes to business and economics in the first 90 days, I think that Melania Trump, who I'm so glad that we have got just and and again, the left being the alleged party of, you know, immigrants. uh, She has received a lot of threats and a lot of nasty. I am so thrilled that we actually have. Uh, someone who came here. Have we ever had that before? Have we ever had an immigrant as first lady? I don't think came so. To, yeah. I mean, a lady who speaks five languages is stunningly beautiful, such class. She's actually going to stay in New York with her son for a while to get him through the school year. So they are proving that they're not about just trying to get glory, uh, to get a power position. It is about business. It is about work. It's about making this country great again. But I also say, keep your eyes on Ivanka in the first hundred days in terms of her role in economics planning. Um, I disagree with some of the stuff. I meant to bring this up earlier, Al, in my segment with you about um, the regulations around labor. Maybe we can talk about that next time you come in, um, in terms of equal pay and all that kind of crap. Um, but I like I like her role and what she's going to be doing in the White House. It's a little bit unusual. Um, I think there have been daughters in the first families before that have had played a greater role um, than some spouses. So I think she's, she's one to watch watch uh, in terms of going forward with economic policy as much as anybody. Um, We'll have to see what happens with the nominations in the hearings. Um, So far, you know, Mattis, man, did I don't know if you guys, did you see him smack down Gillibrand when she was questioning him? Did you see that, Al? Yeah, she was questioning him about, oh, are you okay with, you know, it was about women and combat and LBGT. He looked at her like, lady, what planet are you from? He looked at her like, I'm sitting here with a high and tight, okay? You know, I'm an old school Marine, man. All we care about is kicking butt out on the combat field. (laughs) 
He just totally shamed her. He swatted her away like she was just a fly buzzing around a horse head. Didn't he, didn't he say something like, once they come across me, they're already here, and now it's my job to train them to win? Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, he was just all about the task in hand. You know, everything about this administration feels like we got a businessman in charge. And what business people care about is they care about action. They care about results. So much of the crap, the the politics, the the bureaucratic nonsense is just, it's white noise to them. It is like a fly buzzing around a horse head to a business person. It's like, don't come to me with this nonsense. You know, I've hired and fired a lot of people. And so one of the things that makes me crazy, and I know you can relate to this, Al, is uh, the, the lies that business people, you know, hate women. Business people hate minorities. Business people spend their day trying to keep other people down. All we care about is results. We care about getting the job done, right, Al? Absolutely. That's it? That's all you got to experience? It's a truism. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that being said, I mean, I love the team that he's got. There's some people that are kind of questioning whether or not there are too many business people. Um, I say you can never have too many because we got we got we to gotta re-tip the scales. Washington has become run by nothing but attorneys who, um, you know, may or may not have taken a business class at some point along the way in their undergrad or they're getting, you know, their law degree. But most of them, most lawyers in D.C. right now have never started or run a business, never hired anybody on their own, never laid awake at night, figuring out how to make a payroll, how to grow a business, how to bring a business to market. They just don't get it, Al. They don't get it. It feels like another version of the breast and the brightest. Okay, who goes all the way back to Kennedy? See, I don't. Okay, you're you're, you're before me, baby. Well, you well know, I'm old. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Kennedy that I find interesting, we, we're going to have to wrap it here. Um, again, the alleged party of tolerance, the alleged party of minorities, and all this. They would be calling JFK today the worst name, every name in the book about right wing fascist, because he was all about lower taxes. He was all about it. You know, ask not what your country country can do for you. You know, he was he was the real deal in terms of what a Democrat was supposed to be about. And um, yeah, so he was, and, and I've noticed like this year in the anniversary of his death in November, there really wasn't a whole lot of ceremony for him. It's like the left has decided to kind of disavow themselves from JFK, but he's actually uh, one of my heroes. And so are you, Al. So are you, DJ Carrot Sticks. Hey, next week we're going to get this Facebook Live thing figured out. So we will be showing that at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going to be filling in for Gina this Thursday and Friday on America Trends TV. So look for a Facebook post on that. Love you all. Have a great night. Here come bad news talking this and that.